0: Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. At a certain point, you just look at the compass and go, I can figure it out from
1: here. And I have a good sense of direction. I know when I've made a wrong turn. I know intuitively I've done something wrong. I have a good sense of direction, but I don't know the names of the roads. And there aren't that many signs. That but there's so many signs
0: everywhere. They're like, to the beaches, like Rehoboth, yeah. 45 miles. I don't
1: trust those signs. They could have been put up last night to trick you. <laughs> yeah. You
0: see that in movies
1: all the time. They, they flip so the it. sign. and make you go left. You go right into the water. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't really trust
2: that. This is General George Washington, and you're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show.
1: All oh, right. We're going to start with a few emails that Nigel has given me that just came into the top of the email pile, and then we'll talk, Michael and I, about what we did yesterday, which was a lot of fun. But we're going to start with this. From John Weinstein, who sends us pictures that he took from his Subaru Forester before parking it and pushing in the mirror. It's the trailer. It's on 30th Street Northwest, north of Military Road. He found these on Monday. Today is Wednesday. It's the second trailer without any sort of a license plate whatsoever. It's just dumped there. Hide the trailer. It's just dumped there. And he says, what fun. I saw this parked on 30th Street north of Military Road. What do I win? <laughs> well, you win a mention. They didn't, so they didn't tow it away for good. Apparently not. They didn't tow it away for good. But it's that, there. that
0: intersection is a similar profile to here. There's plenty of parking. Yeah. So people might not call it in. Yeah. It's a and it looks terrible.
1: It's on the list, right by Newlands Park. Well, thanks for playing, John. Here's another one from Jason Reed. At, uh, in Beaverton, Oregon. Isn't Beaverton, Oregon where Nike is? Isn't that uh, isn't Nike Beaverton? I think or did I make that up? No, I think you're right. I think so. To Michael, Nigel, and Mr. Tony, I'm interested in shipping you a box of product as tribute. I'm being vague so as not to spoil the surprise, but I will say that the product is something you can eat, so it's not a sneaker. And it is produced by a small family-run business of which I'm connected to by marriage. Can you provide a shipping address so I can get the product on its way to you in time for the holidays? Many thanks. So to Jason Reed, we will do that. There's a lot of people named Jason Reed, but this is not the writer Jason Reed, right. which is R-E-I-D. This is R E. You searched Jason through Reed. the mail pile for that one. Yeah. <laughs> Had to make sure it got it. This one from another Jason. <laughs> from Jason Rhodes in Asheville, North Carolina. Asheville is all the way out west in North Carolina. It's sort of like in... Artist city at this point, isn't it? Plus Arch Campbell. Yeah, Arch is there too. Arch and Gina are there. Nigel, would love to get this shout-out on the air for my father-in-law. I wanted to give a birthday shout-out to my father-in-law and retired pharmacist to Jeannie. I met Bernie Goodman a little over 12 years ago, and I think I sealed the deal for our relationship when he learned that I too was a little... The show has been a connection for us over the years with a trip to Jingle Fest and a cool David Aldridge moment at Chatter. We survived tense playoff moments between his beloved Cards and my Dodgers. And he texted me a big congratulations almost immediately after Chris Taylor's big shot this year. It would have taken me two days had the shoe been on the other foot. So happy birthday to the best father-in-law, Zadie and Dad. Isn't that nice? So we do that. That is lovely. And now we start the show. Yesterday, uh, for those of you who watch the PTI show, you know that there was no PTI because we had college basketball all day. In place of PTI was a women's game, South Carolina against North Carolina State, and South Carolina's the number one ranked team in the country, so fine, so good. I tuned it in for a little while, saw what it was, and said, you know, God bless them all. And uh, then I went to drink. <laughs> but Michael and I got an opportunity to do something that I have never done. Michael has played this course before. And we, we got the opportunity to play the Naval Academy course. And it was—it's the greatest November day in the Northeast ever, ever. It was seventy degrees. That yeah, was beautiful. It was bright sun. It was seventy degrees. It was a gentle breeze. You could, you know, play in shirt sleeves. It was just wonderful. And the Navy Course, boy, oh boy, the first hole is such Sneaky a hilly, bare. My God, it's like four hundred fifty yards. It felt like straight uphill. And when you got to the top of the hill, on number one. You looked around, and in the distance, I could see the Bay Bridge. And it's got to be miles. Yeah. It's got to be three, four, five, six, seven miles away. I could see the Bay Bridge. I think I be- it's closer. I believed I could see cars. I believed I could see yeah, cars. Yeah, the
0: three uh, eastbound
1: lanes. Yeah. So what did you think? See, I mean, that alone, that was worth it. It felt, Our, it felt my very friend much. My Bob Friend took us, and I am very grateful. Not only did he take us to play, but he packed lunches for us.
0: So I was gonna get to that. Uh no, we had a uh we, we arrived at the course, and for me this is one of those father son days that starts with the car ride. Because if you think that you were gonna let that beach alternate route go, you spent about twenty minutes on fifty debriefing where you went wrong, how you can pick it up a little bit earlier later. Right. How you might take it going out but not coming back in because you might not be able to make it. Exit seventy nine now. it's seventy nine off road I, I listened patiently, just trying to nervously watch you uh not change to get into the middle or left lane. Because you just love you just love the speed and the known quantity of that you know right lane the whole way there. Until finally we heard Bridge over troubled water on the blend, so I could thankfully crank up the volume right. and change uh, change your then uh, then tone to, change to talk lanes. about yeah.
1: Then he changed lanes. <laughs> with signal, <laughs> signal. Then we, signals, signals. Then we get a
0: call from Alan, who's like, "I'm going to make the tea time, but I will be late." So of course we Alan then go said to, a road was closed. Uh, so two ninety five was closed. Then we get we get over uh, to TOP to listen to traffic and weather on the eights, which right. gets us for the last twenty minutes focused. I think it's uh, exit twenty seven as as you go one past the Annapolis exit, and this is a course that I played. I feel like regularly as a kid for for qualifiers and then I know my teammates often played tournaments there and, and what you remember is the course was never the longest but the greens were terrifying you had a lot of split levels yes. super fast yes and so your friend invited us out there with Alan. Odd and friend, lovely, uh, lovely person and we we arrive and you think it would be pretty easy to pull in to a golf course parking lot now now imagine you have it was a, easy to pull into the parking well, lot Yeah, for you. Imagine you have about 30 total spaces. This is a rectangular lot, 15 on one side, 15 on the other. Your your traditional sort of 90-degree turn spots. All of a sudden, you turn it at an angle that's just... You you can't support it. It's about 70 (laughs) degrees. So your front lane, your front wheels are touching the the right side of the lane. Your back wheels are sticking out. And so, of course, the guy who's teeing off in the group ahead of us is pulling his clubs out of his trunk. And he just looked at me going, I've done it. I have to commit to the parking spot, but I know it's bad. It was really bad. (laughs) I was half in and half out. I tried two more times to make it. It got worse. I just. To the point when we left, you had you had to just you had to do the full loop around the lot because you could not perform a K turn safely out of said spot. No, No, so our host, we uh, he and I had a great conversation (laughs) about early education because his his daughter runs a a, I think a K through five you know like a, a reading and language arts program. And it was just interesting to hear about his relationship with the Academy. And I think he has sponsored midshipmen. Anything that starts with that golf course starts with the Academy. So we're seeing midshipmen show up for what appeared to be an outdoor class. Some of them look like they might be on the team in the distance. You can hear the regular patter of the guns going on.
1: And Alan says, why are there guns? I said, it's the Naval Academy. What do you think these people are preparing for? <laughs> They're going to keep us safe by learning how to fire guns if they have to. We hope that doesn't happen, but that's part of the curriculum. Sure. You know, Alan said, oh, don't they just come here for class? I said, well, Alan, <laughs> this is part of the class. That's part of what they going to do. The mili- it's the Naval Academy. So on the front well, end. The only dis- I don't want to use the word disappointing. The surprising thing to me is it is the Naval Academy. Now, when you hear naval, you think water.
0: There's not a single hole that has a water view, right? Yeah, I would say separate Academy from Golf Course. And yes. there's some beautiful, right. uh, this golf beautiful is property connecting oh. right off of the seventh hole. This is a drop-down par three. And there's marshland going out to yep. a body of water that you sure is owned by the Navy in some capacity. And I think there's probably better or potentially better uses for this than the Golf Course. We got these great long views to the bridge. Uh, you have... Uh, such a hilly course. It, it was redone. Uh, this you is can't a, walk this. This course. is an architect's name originally that 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 has true weight in golf. This is a William Flynn course, and there were times when you get up there and, and it felt like you got Shinnecock. This is a this is a the same architect as Shinnecock. Once the fifth hole, it's straight uphill. I hit a bad drive into a bunker. I I hit a great wedge out. Normally, it would just settle front edge of the green, two putt for your par. It picks up speed. It rolls down. Eighty yards, fifty, sixty. I'm pulling out laser. It, it's just yeah. Happened it, to Alan a few times too. Yeah. If you if you miss by a little, you miss by a lot. It rolls all the way down the hill. And uh, and what was so nice is as you as you get to the end of the the nine, the the ninth and the eighteenth run parallel to the road that takes you into the mm. primary school, the, the golf trees. operation, and it's just tree lined. The most beautiful colors right now. I'm sure it's lost a little bit on top but as a way to get so into uh, what is happening tomorrow yeah. and, and what Veterans Day means. It was yeah. just such a, it was such a quiet place to spend a day. It was, it's just lovely. And I, there's two things I wanted to say.
1: One, in an oddity of my life, once again, at a golf course, I run into Cal Ripken. Every time. I run into Cal Ripken hey, again. Hey, Cal. I say, hey, Cal. He goes, oh, Tony. <laughs> they don't even <laughs> stop anymore. They just wave to each other and they go, okay. Yeah, you know, and you. he introduced me to his son, Ryan. Um, they were going to play in a couple of groups after us. I, I run into Cal Ripken at golf courses. It's really, it's really extraordinary. And there's another thing. And, and you, never, you should never lose track if you go to a place like the Naval Academy Golf Course. You should never lose track of the whole purpose of that place. There is a monument, and I looked this up on the 15th tee. There is a monument to a former midshipman named Willie McCool. And William McCool ran track and cross-country at the Naval Academy. And then he went on to fly jets for the Navy. And then he went on to be an astronaut. And he was in the ill-fated mission of Columbia in 2003. He was the commander of that particular thing. Um, And it talks about how 16 minutes, they were 16 minutes from splashdown, 16 minutes when everything went bad and, and none survived. There is a marker on the 15th tee, and on one side it says 16 minutes from home. And that was to commemorate what happened in the air, but also to commemorate the fastest time he ever ran on the cross country course. And at that point, he was 16 minutes from home. And I went, you know, I went through Yahoo last night. And I read about this, and I read about the incredible accomplishments of this particular fellow, who was, I believe, only 41 years old when he was the commander of that spaceship. And, and it was, they, they have this on a plaque. On one side, it says 16 minutes from home. And on the other side, it talks about these particulars of, of both the flight and of the running of the cross-country course. And I said to Michael, this is chilling. Absolutely chilling. I mean, and, sure, you know, when there are plaques, if you're ever at West Point or you're ever at the Naval Academy, when there are plaques, read the plaques. Read them, you know, and it gives you a different, you're not, yes, you're out there to have a good time and play golf, but never, never be unaware of your surroundings, don't you think? Yeah. Never be unaware of that. So I wanted to say those things. And one other thing, uh, the college basketball, yes, Binghamton lost to Cornell, which I sort of expected. But the Naval Academy yesterday beat Virginia. (laughs) They beat Virginia. Virginia was a ranked team. Navy's not a ranked team. Not since the days of David Robinson. Navy's not a ranked team. Navy beating Virginia, big deal. I don't even know where that game was played. I have to look that up. I don't think it was played at the Naval Academy, and I'm pretty sure. Maybe it was played at at, uh, Virginia. They play at John Paul Jones Arena, do they
3: not? I I don't know that. I don't know that. You're probably right. Um, Yeah, by the way, also, uh, Stony Brook lost. I know that makes you happy. Yeah, well, it it makes me happy if Stony Brook and Albany
1: lose. (laughs) I watched about two minutes of the Duke game. I watched about five minutes of the Michigan State-Kansas game. It's too early. Took a while to score in the Duke game. It's, it's too early for me to pay attention to college basketball. I mean, I don't really do that till the first of the year. That was in Charlottesville. In Charlottesville. Wow, they beat them in Charlottesville. <laughs> yes, that's a- an enormous win. That's huge. That's an enormous win for Navy. Good for yes. Navy. All right, we will take a break. Uh, when we come back, there's other things I wanted to – nah, it's okay. Not enough time. Um, I was going to talk about my self-checkout experience. I've never talked about that on the air, have I? we talked
3: about some some poor experiences you've had in that. Did you try it again? And it Oh, no, no. I did talk about it the, the time a couple of weeks ago when I went to self-checkout.
0: Yes. You, you mentioned that you went there. You did not detail the experience. Yeah. You just said Nightmare. it wasn't. Yeah. Typing in produce <laughs> <laughs> numbers.
1: You said it wasn't great. Right. Nightmare. If it's anything yeah. like your parking, I
3: can imagine. Representative. Yeah. Parking.
1: <laughs> but you have to. I did get out well, and I didn't get into any. I never got close to an accident driving home. Yeah, that's the that's the beauty of that right lane on fifty. <laughs> Except when you by that motorcycle and were terrified Oh, I didn't want to be near the motorcycle You oh, never no. want to be near motorcycles when you're riding in a highway And that
0: then the worst is. is you never trust you, you say, put this into your phone, put this into the maps And I'm giving you directions, turn by turn you go, maybe <laughs>
1: Yeah, because I don't hear the voice I don't hear the woman's voice <laughs> You hear voice. my voice, I give you yes, I, I give hear, you plenty of notice I don't hear
3: the woman's voice By the way, are you are you more comfortable with Or less comfortable with self-checkout Or this new thing that they're going to have in these Amazon Whole Foods stores Where essentially well, I'm not you, going to those stores <laughs> where He's no, not I'm Amazon not. Prime No, I'm not no going to <laughs> And I'm never going to those Well, stores. you don't even bring out your I'll wallet. I'll stop eating.
1: I'll ne- if, if those stores proliferate, I'll simply stop eating. All right, Booger McFarlane, when we return, I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the Policy Genius ad. This is November ad, so we're going to have a Thanksgiving Day theme. There's a lot to be thankful for.
2: Gobble, like gobble. How
1: Policy Genius can check <laughs> if you're paying too much for home and auto insurance. Mashed potatoes, stuffing, cranberry sauce from a can, there's a lot on your plate this November. Why not let Policy Genius help by looking for lower home and auto insurance rates for you? Where your holiday calendar starts filling up, let the, poli- the folks at Policy Genius get your home and auto insurance shopping done faster than you can say, Why do we still do daylight savings time? Policy Genius makes it easy to compare home and auto insurance in one place. They can help you find home and auto insurance similar to what you have now, but at a lower price. They've saved customers an average of $1,250 per year over what they were paying for home and auto insurance. They've saved new customers an average of $435 per year on auto insurance, (coughs) excuse me, and they've saved new customers an average of $350 per year on home insurance. Their team will handle the paperwork to set up your new policy or switch over your current one. Getting started is easy. Head to policygenius.com, answer a few quick questions. Then Policy Genius takes it from there. They will compare rates from America's top insurers from Progressive to Allstate to find your lowest quotes. The Policy Genius team can look for ways to save you more, including bundling your home and auto policies. And then, if they find a better rate than what you're paying now, they'll switch you over for free. So, head to policygenius.com to get started right now. Policy Genius, when it comes to insurance, it's nice to get it right.
4: You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser
1: Show. This is a band called Solo Rio. Marcus Dowd sent this in and he writes, my previous attempt to get an email read included asking to be the official bed and breakfast of the show. Since that didn't work, I've come up with a new scheme of submitting music by more obviously talented people. At 60 years of age, my association with the band member Drew goes back to elementary school. The music is amazing. I'm hoping to riding their coattails will get this onto the show. Solo Rio is the name of the band. This is a, school, a song called Gyroscope. And as I say often, Original music that is sent to us. It's amazing. is absolutely remarkable. It's solo real. Um, Booger McFarland is the recipient of that play-in, and I got a lot of questions for Booger. I should, by the way, tell you that we um, we don't usually get comments on guests, but our emails indicate that people like you a lot more than they like me. <laughs> so... For what that's worth. Yes. I don't know if that's meaningful well, I,
2: or not. You know, I, Tony, I, I do think that's worth a little bit. I think that speaks more to you than it does to me. Maybe the bar <laughs> is set so low uh, consistently that when I come on, I just happen to raise it up a little bit.
1: Yeah, very good. All right, we're going to do, do this sort of like PTI because i got a million different questions, and I'd like your perspective on it. A couple of things happened last week that I, I wonder what were bigger developments in, in terms of the league at large. Denver getting thumped. I'm, I'm sorry, the Cowboys getting thumped at home by Denver. Denver is not a good team. And they were winning 30 to nothing at one point. They destroyed the Cowboys and destroyed Dak Prescott. Or Tennessee without Derrick Henry beating the LA Rams in LA, which I had the Rams as a Super Bowl team. I didn't see either of these coming. Are they blips on the screen or, or are either of them actually important?
2: Well, I, I think both of them are actually important, Tony, and let's start with Dallas. I, I think what we saw with Dallas is a, a defense that kind of took us back to 2020 a little bit, and we have been giving them a lot of credit, and we said that Dan Quinn, and the new defensive coordinator, had come yeah. in and changed everything around, but for the first time in 2021, we saw glimpses of, of that old defense with lackadaisical effort, no tackling, uh, not really being able to hold up against the run because you've got to remember, Dallas' defense is kind of small. So what Denver did is Denver basically played bully ball with them and just kind of out, out-physicaled them. And then when you go out to Los Angeles, Tony Sean McVeigh, in my opinion, is, is, is selling his soul trying to gain the whole world. And here's what I mean by that. He has gone away from what made the Rams the Rams. The Rams were a running football team. Remember Todd Gurley and, and they had a back named C.J. Anderson that came in and rushed for 100 yards a game in the playoffs one year. So they could run the ball on anybody. They no longer do that. They are now throwing the ball with Matthew Stafford virtually every play. And so Sean McVay has gone away with what made him boy wonder, the run game, and now he's given his soul to Matthew Stafford. And I think he's playing a very, very dangerous game because his offensive line is not built to pass block that many plays. I think they threw it almost 50 times against the Titans. That offensive line is not built to do that. They're built to run the football, and if they can't get back to who they were, I'm afraid the Super Bowl prediction you made of the Rams is going to be a bad one,
1: and and that that may very well be the case because in that particular side of the draw, you got Tampa and you've got um, Arizona that looked very very good. But I I guess what I'm I'm asking also is, can you possibly have faith in Tennessee? I mean, they just lost the best running back in football. That's half their offense. Was this a one shot, or do you think that's sustainable in Tennessee?
2: Well, I think it's sustainable because they're going to have to win a different way. You know, we're used to Derrick Henry just physically imposing his will against other teams. Well, Adrian Peterson can do that now and again, but he can't do it the way that Derrick Henry did. But what they can do is that defense has become so much more physical. The pass rush is there. Harold Landry, Bud Dupree, Jeffrey Simmons is a budding star defensive tackle. Kevin Byer may be the defensive player of the year, even though we wanted to, to give it to Stephon Diggs early in the season. So the defense is playing really, really well. And because Adrian Peterson is a threat, now you have to honor that threat, which still leaves the one-on-one opportunities on the outside for A.J. Brown and Julio Jones.
1: Okay, I'll go with that. I'll go with that. I, I, I was very surprised at that game. I was most surprised. I think everybody was most surprised at Buffalo. That was awful. Jacksonville stinks. Buffalo did not even score a touchdown. Josh Allen lost the ball three different times. People talk about a Super Bowl team and an MVP candidate, and they were terrible. Now, it's a long year. Everybody, I assume, has one really terrible game. But that was really terrible, was it not?
2: It was super terrible, Tony, but it's a formula in which (laughs) Buffalo is going to have to live with because Buffalo can't run the football. So when your quarterback is having a bad day, maybe woke up on the wrong side of the bed, maybe... Maybe he didn't have the you know the right syrup on his pancakes. Whatever the reason, when he doesn't play well, they can't win. Their defense played outstanding, Tony. Their defense only gave up nine points. But because they can't run the football, Josh Allen is forced to do everything. He had nine carries. He's got to throw the football 50 times. And yeah. that's a lot of yeah. work to put on one person. Imagine having to carry the weight of an entire show all day, every day. Now, imagine what happens when you have a co-host. It's amazing how how much the weight is divvied up. It's amazing how much more you can do and you can specify and be specific in your role. Well, he's having to play quarterback and running back, Tony, that's a lot for a young quarterback.
1: No, it's him and Lamar Jackson. Uh, When their teams win, they've won those games, right? Don't you think one way or another, those two are the people that win those games, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, yes or no?
2: Agreed, but Lamar is used to being a running quarterback. Josh Allen is not mm-hmm. a runner right. uh, dominantly like that. Lamar can dominate you in the run game. Think about this, Tony, with Lamar. Lamar is ninth in the NFL in passing. He's sixth in the NFL in rushing. Like that's, if that's not the MVP of the league so far, then I, you need to show me one.
1: No, I, I mean, I haven't done this publicly, but I'll do it now. He's Shohei Atani. I mean, he yes. is a yes. dominating player on two levels of the game that we have not seen. We have not seen this. Running quarterbacks, I guess, I guess you could go back to Steve Young, right? I guess. But as Steve Young got older, he stopped running. Um, this guy runs, all, and he's the best they've got. Right? Is Shohei Atani. is he not Booger? Seems to me to be.
2: I, that, that is a great comparison. Somebody that can do it all you just wonder, like Shohei did with the Angels, is he going to be able to hold up? Like, you can do one thing really, really good. Like, Shohei was a really good hitter. Then all of a sudden, you know, the ulnar collateral ligament started to wane a little bit as far as the pitching. And, you know, there was a a point in the season we thought he was a runaway MVP candidate as far as, uh, you know, what he was going to do. So I, I just wonder, can Lamar hold up throughout the season being top 10 rushing and top 10 in passing? Uh, it's a long season. It's an extra game. I just want to see he do it.
1: All right, let me move on to something that I, I don't know that we had a chance to talk about, and it is Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers made a brief concession yesterday. By the way, Pat McAfee, I'd like to get on that show. That seems to work. Um, he made a brief concession, <laughs> Rodgers, yesterday that if he misled people, he understands why they think that, and he says he's sorry for that, and then he doubled down on everything else. I, I would. There's a lot to talk about. But let me start with this. Your thoughts on his situation in Green Bay with the coaching staff, with everybody, with the fans. Has he been wounded by all of this in Green Bay?
2: Well, I, I think the other day, which was last Friday, when he first made his initial comments, I thought that that was the best day that Brian Gutekas had had in a long time. And he never had to say yes. a word. Because people yes. saw... Yes. Aaron Rodgers and and maybe how he is behind closed doors, which is a guy who he's a he's an intelligent guy, but sometimes he thinks he's a little smarter than everyone else, and so I, I thought that's right. the one thing that really stood out on Friday. As far as him and that organization, listen, Tony, this comes down to play on the field. He's still a top five quarterback in this league, and as long as he stays that way, then people will lean toward the talent, and, and it, it's kind of like the old adage, you know, when you know when. When, when your talent will outweigh any negativity, then the negativity gets buried. But the moment the negativity outweighs the talent, then we start to pay attention and, and the negativity becomes highlighted. And so I think Aaron Rodgers is in a situation now where his talent is still far outweighing any negativity off the field, uh, any distrust from the fans. And as long as that's the case, I think whatever happens, he'll be forgiven. And if he wants to come back to Green Bay, they'll accept him.
1: Yeah, and that's Wilbon's position as well, that winning will cure all of that. I I'm 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 still on the fence on that. I would ask this. That game was not good for Jordan Love. That was not good. If you think the GM had a good day on Friday, he had a bad day on Sunday. Is it possible? I guess he'll get other chances, but if, when Rodgers is ready to play, he's coming right back in at least this year. Is that a scarring loss for Jordan Love, or is that can you overcome? A, a very bad debut.
2: Well, I, I think if you're Jordan Love, you can overcome that because it's only one game. Now, I, I'll give you this. Let's juxtapose his debut to Mike White's debut for the Jets. Mike White threw yeah. for 400 yards, and everybody was like, man, let's trade Zach Wilson tongue-in-cheek. Um, yes, yes. Th- th- there, th- there's a reason that Mike White uh, has pretty much been a backup because anybody can come out and give you one game where they look like Boy Wonder. But the key is, can you do it consistently? Now, I'll flip that to the other side as far as Jordan Love. Anybody can have one stinker. Let's hope for Green Bay and Brian Gunekens that it was just one stinker and that he continues to improve. Uh, I'll say this, Tony, and you know as well as I know, and and anybody listening knows this, the first time you go and do a job, you're probably going to be the worst you've ever done it at that job. So hopefully you continue to get better and better, and I think that's what Green Bay has to hope for. Okay,
1: let me switch to college. Your alma mater almost beat Alabama. I mean, that was – that was. I don't know if it was surprising to you. It was surprising to me. They were in it the whole way. What were your thoughts? What What's the takeaway on Alabama and LSU going forward?
2: Well, first of all, I take offense to you being surprised, Well, Why are you surprised that LSU would show up in Tuscaloosa? I'm just curious of that, first of all.
1: No. So – yeah, I thought Alabama would win that by about three or four touchdowns. I did. I thought there was well, disarray and, in LSU. Yeah.
2: Well, and, and that's the difference between you and I. See, You think, and I just have an intuition that my guys are going to show up. And, yeah, they surprised me a little bit because is really wounded. LSU played uh, really hard, so I was proud of them. As far as Alabama's yeah. concerned, I, I think Alabama showed a little bit of a vulnerability, Tony. Um, their offense was terrible. And that's going against an LSU defense that really was decimated with injuries, really hadn't been, you know, that stout all season. LSU may have played their best game on on defense all season. So Mm -hmm. um, I think Alabama is vulnerable. I think we have as wide open a national championship race in college football as we've ever had. If you told me that Alabama won it, Georgia won it, Ohio State won it, uh, Oklahoma won it, Cincinnati won it, I think I I wouldn't be surprised if any of those teams – won the national championship, given the right matchup in the playoffs. That's how wide open I think it is.
1: Well, Cincinnati has now moved up. They're in fifth, and we're not going to have a two-loss team in a playoff. It's just not going to happen. Ohio State will not get in if they lose again. If Alabama is beaten by Georgia, they will not get in. And so if Cincinnati continues to stay unbeaten, they're going to get, I think each week their odds get better, don't you?
2: I completely agree with you. I think that if you're Cincinnati, and I said this from, the, from day one, just win. Hey, Al Davis, just win, baby. Just keep winning. Yeah. Because I think Cincinnati is going to get the benefits of the doubt because of what happened, not this season, last year. And I said it to you before. Remember last year in the That's bowl right. game, Cincinnati That's went right. toe-to-toe, with, toe-to-toe with Georgia. And I think people in that room have that in their mind. They know that the win-game scenario, Luke had his team ready to play Did last year. And I think they're in the benefit of the doubt as long as they're undefeated.
1: Thank you, Booger. We'll talk soon. It's a pleasure. Thank you very much.
2: Always. Y'all have a good one, guys.
1: Booger McFarland, boys and girls, we will come back. Chuck Todd will begin to pick games and crawl out of the hole that he put himself in for a bunch of weeks. He had a winning week last week. I am Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the Shopify ad. Shopify is more than a store. Connect with your customers, drive sales, manage your day-to-day. Shopify instantly lets you accept all major payment methods. Shopify has thousands of integrations and third-party apps, from on-demand printing to accounting to advanced chatbots, C-H-A-T-B-O-T-S, chatbots, to and beyond. I'm lost on that one. Supercharge (laughs) your knowledge, your sales, and your success. Discover endless possibility. Shopify is tirelessly reinventing tools of growth for over 1.7 million businesses, helping them succeed every day. What is it, Michael? What is Shopify?
0: Well, what I like right now is that you can synchronize the online and in-person sales, because I think a lot of businesses are trying to figure out how they can exist in both spaces. Oh, so this is mainly for businesses? Yes. Oh, it's not for your average customer.
1: You don't walk in with a Shopify card? No. Okay, so Shopify helps businesses.
0: Yeah, so a business like ours could scale up as we're trying to deliver a product to your listeners. Okay. ka Yeah, go to Shopify.com slash Tony
1: K. All lowercase. It's so interesting because it's uppercase here. If it's all lowercase, go to Shopify.com slash Tony K. Lowercase, kids. For a free 14-day trial. And get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. So that's what you should do. Because they're letting you do this for free for, you know, for 14 days. And then you can figure it out. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to Shopify.com slash Tony K right now. Shopify. S-H-O-P-I-F-Y. Shopify.com slash Tony K. Lowercase people use the code. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show.
4: The Tony Kornheiser Show.
1: Once again, this is Solo Rio. This is a song called Rain Rain. And once again, we tell you that half the band members hail from the New Jersey, New York area and the other half from Southern California. Just sort of interesting to me. Thank you to Marcus Dowd for sending in the music. Michael, if people like Solo Rio want to send in their music or have their pals send it in, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at tonyquenheisershow.com And they play in Chuck Todd. Chuck had a winning week last week. And Chuck won, as we discussed on Monday. <coughs> Chuck won because he decided to stay with Green Bay. And Green Bay, well, he wanted 7.5. He would have wanted 6.5. He just didn't want 7. 7.5 he cleared easily, as it was 13-7 in favor of Kansas City. So Chuck was 4-3. and three. He's now 27-35-1. But I'm a little more optimistic now than I was last week, except for the games this week. These look hard. I have to be honest with you.
5: Yeah, these look easy, hard. I agree. This, this, this.
1: These, this is a hard week.
5: Yeah, these are these are some tough lines. And we're getting to this. You know, every team has a couple of injuries, and you're like, does that matter? Or does it not matter? Or they're missing a player, and sometimes that stuff matters a lot. And sometimes you're like, well, why did I even care about that? It turned out they didn't. Well, you know?
1: Tennessee did not miss Derrick Henry, and Arizona did not miss Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. And AJ Green, the Rams, yeah, so it's, the
5: Titans, Rams game cost me personally a winning week.
1: I,
4: I yeah, had a lot. I mean, I had a
5: lot of, I had a lot of parlays and stuff relying on that. Rams winning I would have gone points. with the Rams. All I needed. Yeah, I just yeah. needed them to win the game in a bunch yeah. of bets well, that yeah. I had, and I was like, you know, without Derrick Henry at home, of course this was going to happen. I
1: agree. Oops. Although they've lost at home, that that was the home loss was Arizona as well. They're not. That is not a home field for them. Let's start with Atlanta yeah. getting nine at Dallas. As one of your alternative games last week, you were thinking about going with Atlanta. Atlanta, I believe, won outright. Atlanta, I think, is 4-4, four and four, which is amazing to me because they stink. <laughs> Dallas got pounded beyond comprehension, and this is at Dallas. And Jerry Jones is not going to handle it well if they don't do well. This, to me, is a tough game because 9 is a lot. But I look for a rebound by Dallas. How about you?
5: Well, that's why it's 9. I think there's two yep. things. One, can you imagine Atlanta winning back-to-back games? And winning back-to-back no. games against Saints-Cowboys, no. And can no. you imagine Dallas uh, somehow not scoring points for a second week in a row against a media, no. uh, one of these teams that you can't figure out? Right. Yeah. I, I This feels like, you know, where both teams, you know, you bet on one team not doing it two weeks. Basically, you're betting both teams are not going to be the same two weeks in a row. So I'm going with Dallas, but, man, that's a lot of points. But I, I just... This Atlanta is not a team you feel comfortable having money on, which is why I didn't do it. I agree with you. Um,
1: I would go with Dallas. Here's another one where the line surprises me. New Orleans is getting three at Tennessee. Tennessee banded together, and Tennessee won a game that I did not expect them to win at all. But at some point, not having Derrick Henry shows up on film, and they pay other team coaches, too, to analyze film and figure out how to beat a team. If your only threat is Ryan Tannehill and the 80-year-old Adrian Peterson, I believe <laughs> right. you are beatable. But New Orleans has no quarterback. New Orleans, New Orleans has no quarterback. I, I, this one is one I would stay away from. New Orleans plus three at Tennessee.
5: Yeah, I think it's fascinating that, that what they're saying is, on a neutral field, this is a pick I, uh, Right?
1: Yes. I mean, do you believe
5: that? You know, I don't, I don't, I I mean, that's what they're trying to say. Look, I'm going with the same theory as I did with the previous game, which is, you know, Tennessee, are they really going to pull that off two weeks in a row? And Sean Payton's a good coach. The guy knows how to take advantage of, of, of a team that's missing something. So, um, I guess I'd rather be with Payton. I'd rather be with the saints and Sean Payton here. Uh, not comfortably, but that's where I'm going to go. Hey, did you Here's know that underdogs two weeks in a row have won, have, won uh, have a winning record outright? Outright.
1: No. Outright. That surprises outright. me. Outright.
5: Yes. That's how wow. uh, topsy-turvy things have been. Anyway, go
1: ahead. All right. Um, this is another one the line surprises me. Cleveland, which looked so good last week against Cincinnati when they got rid of Odell Beckham Jr. and they got rid of all that unnecessary drama. Cleveland is at New England. New England is 5-4. and four. New England is better by record than any of us thought they might be at this point. Mac Jones has been the most effective of all the rookie quarterbacks, but Cleveland looked pretty good. And Cleveland's getting a point and a half in New England. This is a tough one to pick. Who do you like?
5: Yeah, I whiffed on Cleveland last week. Uh, that's yep. for sure. If New, if New England wins this game, do, 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 do more people start to think, Oh, like, watch out for New England. Like, you know, they're getting better every week. Um, they suddenly look, you know, it's a pretty good team when, um, when they get going here. Uh, I'm going to take New England because I just, I don't, Baker Mayfield played a great game, and, and I just can't imagine it happening again, the same theory, the two weeks in a row theory. So
1: so uh, it's interesting when you talk about New England. If New England wins this game, yeah, then I think I Buffalo think those, has those to look to over its shoulder. Right. right, and then the hype
5: but, machine, then the Patriot hype machine right. begins, doesn't it?
1: And the other I mean, part is that get... people begin, well, they begin to review, Chuck, long-term, Brady Belichick, who wins yeah. long-term. Right. So it's it, it's <laughs> good topic for discussion. This next game, Minnesota's a disappointing team to me because they're there to win all the time. They're close all the time, and I don't think they win most of the time. They're getting two and a half at the Chargers. Justin Herbert looked great for the first time in three weeks, but he looked great last week. That is not a home field for them for certain uh, in Los Angeles. Minnesota plus two and a half. Who you got?
5: This is. Aren't the Chargers the same team that aren't they in every game? And then they lose them yes. as well. Yes. Yes. I mean, this game yes. should have. This game should have three or four missed field goals, right? <laughs> a couple of box two point conversions. You know, right. this one is going to be a mess. Um, Yeah, I don't love this at all. I'm just going to go slightly with the Chargers just for the fact that, you know, I think they're – I just – at some point, Minnesota not winning these games is going to start hitting them in the locker room, right? They just keep coming up short. They keep coming up short. And you just wonder if it's going to break them. So I'll go with the Chargers. But, boy, this is a game I'd stay away from with real money just because both teams always know how to blow a point spread at the end of the game. Always.
1: The next game confuses me as well. Philadelphia at Denver. Philadelphia is getting two and a half. Denver is a home favorite. Denver stinks. I know what Denver did last week on the road to Dallas. I know that. that But if you can you you know this total aberration. If you look at Denver's record, taking that game out, you take that game out. Denver stinks. All their wins are against the dregs of the league. Philadelphia isn't good, but Philadelphia is better than I thought Philadelphia would be. I'm a little bit surprised at this number. How about you? That you get two and a half with Philadelphia.
5: Well, isn't that the Dallas premium? Right. More people yes. saw yes. Denver beat Dallas, they so did. therefore, yes. right. It's the that's the eye test there. Uh, for that simple reason, I'm uh, I'm going to go with the Eagles getting points, just because I don't trust. But you know um, that Broncos team when they're getting points, that's when you want to bet on them. Teddy Bridgewater as a starting quarterback getting points. Is an unbelievable record. The guy, you know, he ke- he keeps showing games. He keeps in games. Do you know That's whose he, birthday what he, what he is today?
1: Well. Speaking of Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater's birthday is today. Oh, do you know what Teddy Bridgewater's record as a starter in the NFL is? Because this surprised really me. Really good. Yeah. It's thirty-one and twenty-seven. Preview? Yeah, this is like this is the happy PTI birthday. Yeah, thirty-one <laughs> and twenty-seven as a starter in the league. I never would have thought go. that. I never would have thought pretty
5: that. Good. That is pretty good. The Washington football Here's, team would take a starting quarterback with a winning record about now, wouldn't
1: they? 100% they would. Okay. Yeah. Kansas City is a road favorite. Kansas City's always a favorite. They're always a favorite. They, if, you, if you bet They've against been them, you in every win. every
5: single game this year, by the way. Yeah. They have been favored. They and the Bucks, I believe, are the only two teams that have been favored in every single game this year.
1: And they never cover. Kansas City doesn't cover. No, they don't. But they're the road favorite at Las Vegas. Two and a half, if you like, Kansas City in a divisional game, which changes things a little bit.
5: It does, but um, I mean, it's hard to feel good about Vegas. And,
1: yes, it and, is, and the,
5: and, the, and and the various things they got going on there, and all of that, and, you know. Uh,
1: Two high yeah, draft, draft that's gotta, no I, longer yeah, with the team. I, I, One yeah, in a terrible just, automobile accident, drunk. With a loaded gun on the floor, and the other one waving around a loaded gun and threatening to kill people, both now off the team.
5: You know, you hate to say this, but you know, when I was growing up, that just was the that was the Oakland Raiders roster, one through fifty-two, yep. wasn't it? And, that's right. And that's right. And you almost wonder, you are like, yeah, can't do that in the twenty-first century, guys. That isn't how it works anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, give me the Chiefs, simply because of that. But my God, if they don't cover this one, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like I'm out. No more money on the Chiefs.
1: One last game, Tampa Bay coming out of a bye week at Washington. Don't know what the weather is supposed Ooh, to be, but it's not. Playoff, won't be terrible. Big, big
5: playoff rematch. It's revenge. Yeah, right?
1: that's right. At All Washington last been year. Talking
5: about around here. Yeah, revenge. Taylor Heineke yeah. revenge game.
1: <laughs> Nine and a half. It's a very big number. Nine and a half. And Tom Brady is. Sometimes, like Aaron Rodgers, do I have enough to win? Then leave me alone. Yeah. What do you think?
5: Yeah, and I wish I knew. The I wish I did know what the temperature was going to be. Do, are you golfing this weekend? Do you know if you're golfing. I, w-
1: I always golf no matter what, unless it's in the 30s. <laughs> if it's in the 40s, I make it sure. I don't think it's yeah. supposed to be in the 40s. Is it? We got low to, 50s. Low 50s. Low, low 50s. 50s.
5: Eh, and Brady should be able to handle that. Brady should be able to handle yeah. that. Um, I'm trying to figure out how Chase Young's going to respond to Ron Rivera public criticism. Uh, that, that's a curiosity to me. Um,
1: well, they have a, also have another new kicker who may be gone at halftime and have another new kicker in the second <laughs> wait, half. Wait, wait.
5: Why do you ever replace that other kicker? He's the greatest kicker that name was... of all time. Blew it? I'm Blew just, it. Come yeah. on.
1: Yeah, he's out.
5: That was, yeah. that was an all-time great kicker name. It, it had to be made up. Um, I, I'm going to let the monkey take the home team, so give me, give, give me the box.
4: Are you going to take this. Tampa Bay? It's a
5: favorite of I, I, it's a favorite Reginald. Yeah, I know he really. No, wants well, to, you know what? He really He's a monkey. <laughs> All right. He is, he is. Thank and you, and Chuck. Me, the monkeys in charge these days, not me. So. <laughs> <there you> go. <laughs> Goodbye.
1: Thank you, Chuck. Talk to you, Chuck Todd, boys and girls. You can watch him on Meet the Press, a real television show, and, uh, you know. Like the most important political show in the country, Meet the Press. If we gave you Chuck Todd alone, that would be enough. But of course, we give you a monkey and sing along See if you can. See
3: the monkey, he's scrib scrib scratching, watching his iPad, smoking and laughing, hanging with Bud Grant, tap tap tapping on his purple attaché. Nigel, let's going go, to kids. let zoo. go. let got the Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go.
1: Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go.
6: Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's
5: go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's
1: all right. Now, Reginald had another good week, three winning weeks in a row. Reginald was 2-1. and one. He's now 13-13, and 13. and he's a monkey. He's a monkey. <laughs> Let's stress that. He doesn't have to go against Chuck Todd. Earlier in the year, he didn't go against Chuck Todd. They right. won and lost together, but
3: it's up to you. Uh, by the way, I just want to point out, I got a, a very nice text from Greg Garcia, who says the best and most effective cardio he gets all week long is is when he's dancing along to the Reginald theme song <laughs> So we hope you got a good workout, Greg yes. uh, Yeah, so I went down to the National Zoo And, you know, as could be expected It was a big party scene there Reginald's been living the high life after all these successful weeks Big party there with his new girlfriend Paulina Porizkova so the two lovely. of them are an item After she broke up with um, hockey a, well, was was a, a hockey player Well, I think it was An Aaron Sorkin Yeah, yeah. yeah so she's been around yeah. But now she's with Reginald We hope that the two are very happy Goodness. Also there in attendance Paulie Shore, Roger Daltrey, and Usain Bolt serving champagne and grub. So it was just a really festive atmosphere. Holy sure. Yes. Can't get enough of him. (laughs) So the first game we gave him was uh, Tennessee giving three at home against the Saints. And this was a very recent photograph he showed me of him getting his AARP card with Adrian Peterson. Yes. Then then they got an early bird special, caught an episode of Murder, She Wrote, and went to his sleep by 6 o'clock. So... He's I got some titans. Now I envy that. Now <laughs> I envy that. <laughs> they also talked about what kind of medications they're both yeah. on. So it was a big conversation. So he'll take the uh he'll take the Titans Great in that titans. one. Uh, the next one we gave him was Denver at home giving two and a half versus Philly. And this was an this is an old uh look like a film clip of him skiing in Vale with Dan Reeves, Steve Atwater, and Johnny Elway. So Clearly, he's got um, partiality to. I think Denver Roberts. stinks. They're terrible, you know. I, but they're at home, and Philly's not very good no, either. No, Philly's not good. I yeah. just think Denver stinks. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but he'll take the Broncos in that. And of course, the last match we gave him if was. If Denver wins, I think they're six and four. I think they're something like six and four if they win. And are I, they six and four? I they four and four. Are, are they four and four, or five and four right now? But I think it's you're five and four. Yeah, oh, that's right. Atlanta's four and four, which is again, how did they get the, that, to that far? I don't know. Um, so in this match uh, with uh, the Washington football team, getting nine and a half at home against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Reginald showed me a nice old photograph of him cruising down the Potomac, I believe on the ship, the Dandy. Do you remember that? I do. Yes. And on board, Otis Wansley. Of course, John Riggins, because the two of them never went anywhere when they went together. And Jay Schrader. So that shows me he's got ties. To he's the- taking three home teams. Yes.
1: Taking three home, three home teams, one home team
3: dog. Yes, big dog. Big dog. All
1: right. That's good. Uh, we will take a break, and we will have email and jingle when we return. I'm
0: Tony Kornheiser.
1: You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show.
0: So the holidays are almost upon us, and it's time to really lean in. We're talking hugs. We're talking secret family recipes, not in our house. We're talking about seeing <laughs> the looks on your loved ones' faces as they all unwrap their matching PJ sets at the same time. Now, that's how you win the holidays matching PJs. This year, winnings. Winning, hashtag winning. This year, MeUndies <laughs> wants to help you bring comfort home for the holidays. This is your sign to surround your family and friends with comfort. While you're, while you're at it, why not get a little something-something for yourself? Now, they want to, me to talk about my favorite thing to cuddle up during the cozy season. Previously said I don't really want to talk about my underpants. But then I saw the <laughs> MeUndies holiday guide. Ooh. All right, stay with me. They have a boxer brief with gingerbread men oh, uh, wow. dancing around. And now, so the little boys at home are watching Thomas the Tank, the old, the old one the old TV show, and one of the lines about Thomas Thomas, he's the cheeky one, and they have a great, uh, I believe it's snowboarders for a cheeky brief. Oh, okay. No, no, seriously, they have uh, they have some great-looking onesies, and uh, I'm all about the slippers, now that I have to uh, protect more doors in the evening as we <laughs> lock up. <Right. laughs> with new classic plaid and holiday sweater prints, Mjundies is turning up the comfort. Their undies, loungewear, and sleepwear made out of soft, breathable, stretchy fabrics such as Modal, that are ideal for getting cozy by the fire with a cup of hot cocoa. Make the whole fam smile with matching PJ sets, or spoil your partner with plush robes and slippers. Whatever you decide, everything. Everyone will be rolling into the new year comfier than before. Available in sizes extra small through 4XL. MeUndies has a little something for everyone on your list. Looking for more inspiration? Check out their holiday guide. That's what I found online. Okay. MeUndies has a great offer for Tony's listeners. For any first-time purchasers, you get 15% off and free shipping right to your door. Your days of fighting for your life in the mall parking lot are over. Again... I was there. wasn't even November yet. <laughs> to get 15% off your first order free shipping and a 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to meundies.com slash Tony K. That's meundies.com slash Tony K. It's a good read. Thanks, Dad. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show.
4: Here comes Tony's mailbag. Got your emails, faxes, and your notes. Here comes Tony's mailbag. Gonna read some for all the
1: Jim Wilesmith, Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you very much. You want to do the Bethesda Bagel ad, please?
3: Bethesda Bagels. We love them. You will as well. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in, and you'll be thrilled. We got bagels today. Yes. Very good. I guess
1: that's it for us. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say, Mike... You don't come to Las Vegas and talk to a man like Mo Green like that. That's a, an earlier scene in the movie. Later on, you shoot Mo Green in the eye, Fredo.
4: Fredo, you're my brother. Yeah,
1: Fredo, don't go fishing. Don't do it. Thanks to our guests today, Chuck Todd and Booger McFarlane and Reginald the Monkey. Thanks as well to today's sponsors, MeUndy, Shopify, and Policy Genius. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a review. We're going to go through some Halloween stuff now from Tom Pace in Lakewood, Ohio. No, the greater D.C. area is not unique. Your description of the decorations, the kids, the parents, and the communal vibe also describes my street on Halloween. I live in Lakewood, Ohio, suburb of Cleveland. Our street has been like that for at least the 12 years I've lived there. I'm 52, and Halloween has changed radically since I was a kid. It's become more popular among adults, in part, it seems to me, because traditional markers of adulthood or adulthood have become less clear and less attainable for many. My street has roughly 65 houses on it. That's a lot of houses. And one of my neighbors counted 487 separate groups of trick-or-treaters. Many of the houses feature elaborate decorations, and most of us set up fire pits, including a handful of solo stoves in our front driveways. Also, a significant portion of the adults out with the kids were also in costume. Not me, though. I dressed as a beleaguered suburban dad. Finally, many of our neighbors gave out cans of beer to the parents, and one neighbor set up a scotch bar on his front porch (laughs) so that moms and dads could stay warm (laughs) while taking their kids out. Indeed, by the time we were finished taking our boys trick-or-treating, I had no idea where my house was. Tom Pace. I got this from Michael Henry of the United States Postal Service. I'm very happy to see this. says, Mr. Tony, thought you might be interested in the attached news release. It's a stamp of Katharine Graham. Yes. And it says the 17th stamp in the Distinguished American Series honors Katharine Graham, the first female head of a Fortune 500 company and a pivotal figure during turbulent moments in American history. The stamp features an oil portrait of Graham based on a photograph taken in the 1970s during the peak of her influence as owner and president of the Washington Post Company, where she was also publisher of its flagship newspaper. Art director Derry Noyes designed the stamp with original art by Lynn Staley. Mrs. Graham uh, joins a list of distinguished Americans in that series that includes Wilma Rudolph, Dr. Jonas Salk, Margaret Chase Smith, and Harriet Beecher Stowe. I'm sure Don Graham is as proud of this as he is of anything that he ever did in his life. Sure. it's lovely. Uh, Joe Pearson from Indianapolis. I have a fun fact or two about Jay and the Americans. Last week we talked about Jay and the Americans. Sorry, Jay, Jay Black, Black passed, 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 away. Yes, passed away. But before that, let me tell you a little story. Several years ago during a business meeting, one of my co-workers quoted a song lyric and received nothing but blank stares from the younger folks around the table. I thought this was completely unacceptable and I decided I had to educate these whippersnappers. So I started creating playlists that I sent out regularly with extended write-ups about the songs and the artists. In tribute to Mr. <clears throat> Tony, I called it Old Guy Radio. Every January, I would do a playlist, commemorating the artists who passed in the previous year. So in the 2014 tribute, I included She Cried in honor of Jay Trainer, the original Jay, I knew that, in Jay and the Americans. When Trainer left the group, David Black, and I didn't know his name was Dave. Yes. I thought it was also <laughs> yes, Jay. Yes. David Black was asked to come in and take over, but management first required him to adopt the name Jay Black because <laughs> yes. David and the Americans doesn't roll off the tongue in the same way. <laughs> of course, he agreed. What, you thought this New Yorker from Brooklyn by way of Queens was stupid? Get out of here. Anyway, thanks for keeping the show going. Isn't that nice? That's nice. From Bill Pitcher, our friend in Quarryville, Pennsylvania. Oh, sure. Have you considered affixing a TK sticker to the business end of the trailer to make it easier for all of us to track? Well, now that we know where it is one more time, maybe we will. From Brandon Costello, who used to be another Brandon. Yes. Raisins aren't scary, they're lame. Would you rather eat a hot dog or a banana, popcorn chicken or Brussels sprouts? Would you rather chomp down a delicious cheeseburger or crunch a bare head of lettuce? That's right, give me a Kit Kat and keep your weird dried up grapes. (laughs) From Cole Kaufman. In Denver, Colorado, on Halloween, Miles Garrett dressed up as the sack reaper and listed all the quarterbacks he has sacked on the back of his cape. Made me wonder if you have all the sandwiches you stole in the past (laughs) listed on the back (laughs) of your cape. I will hang up and listen. From Paul in Lindsay, Ontario, in Canada. On your two shows, you opined about Halloween and whether it's celebrated elsewhere in the world. I can tell you that Canada also does Halloween on October 31st. Also, Halloween goes all the way back to the 4th century. It began as a feast day on November 1st called All Saints Day. It wasn't until 1745 when October 31st joined in Hallow's Eve. In 1928, Ontario, Canada was the first place outside of Scotland to participate in trick-or-treating. So while it certainly seems American by nature, I can assure you it is not just an American holiday only. I didn't know any of that. From Alex Lau in New York City. I had a David Aldridge moment on Tuesday's show last Tuesday when Michael said... You must have been trick-or-treating in Huntington to be filling up with multiple cartons of milk milk with coins. I went, I know that town. That's where I'm from. And that's where I went trick-or-treating as a kid. You want some Long Island geography? I'll give you Long Island geography. (laughs) Take Route 110 North all the way to the end. You're right on Youngs Hill Road, which becomes Cove Road, and turn left onto Crescent Beach Drive. There you will find my childhood home in the neighborhood where, as Michael said, we would absolutely clean up on Halloween. Well, I may have been 30 years too young for filling up milk cartons with coins to be a thing, I wasn't too young to fill up my pillowcase with candy. And none of this slow-paced family trick-or-treating like in D.C. If you didn't get to at least 100 houses with your friends by the end of the night, it was a failure. Better come with a full-size candy bar or don't come at all. From Papa Thiam in Paris, oh, in France. Yes, we love Papa You asked if Halloween existed elsewhere in the world. I can't speak for the rest of the world, but Halloween was imported into France sometime in the 1990s by Disneyland Paris. I can't speak to the specifics because it didn't exist when I spent about a year here in 90 or 91. But it was a thing when I returned in 2003 after spending 12 years in the United States. In the years since, it's grown increasingly bigger, mostly commercial. It's not a family thing in the same way that it is in the U.S. In fact, children don't seem to be involved at all from what I've observed. It's an occasion for young adults to wear costumes and party. People might call social services on you if you send your kids out to knock on doors and beg for candy. From Andrew Frank, Andrew in Bentonville, your discussion of Halloween festivities struck home with me. This this year is our first experience with this American holiday in our neighborhood. It was delightful. So many groups of young kids politely galloping up our driveway to say trick-or-treat. Family-themed costumes, a young lady dressed up as Flo from Progressive. That's... That's my girl. Right, I think Stephanie. Yes. The whole gauntlet, the one oddity I encountered was the older kids who appeared to be high school age. They didn't say a word, walked up, took the candy and left. What are we even doing out here, man? Have we lost all sense of cordiality? <laughs> I spent my wife's so hard earned money on this candy. That's funny. <laughs> Come on now. It's like we're living in the aux box. <laughs> from Dave Arnold in Broomall. Brumall, is that how it's pronounced, Pennsylvania? That's a suburb of Philadelphia. Sure. You are right about Halloween being different than it was back in our day. Sunday night, while sitting with neighbors by a display of about a dozen jack-o'-lanterns, a large Subaru drove up and disgorged from two doors and the rear hatch five approximately 12-year-old girls. The girls were dressed identically in some sort of a waif bit. Are you sisters? No, we're just friends. Did you make your costumes? No, we bought them. They paused to look at the glowing pumpkins, took some candy, and turned to the Subaru, whose hatch and doors opened to welcome the waifs back into the cocoon. Then they were whisked away, presumably to the next house with an interesting display. P.S. It was really a Land Rover, but calling it a Subaru makes <laughs> it a better story. <laughs> yes, it does. From Kevin Nahr. When you had Tim Kirchin on the other day, it reminded me of my David Aldridge moment. A few months ago, I put my local country music station on here in Las Vegas. And to my pleasant surprise, I heard Kirkchin's voice talking about the A's possibly moving to Vegas. I thought, wow, why is my country music station doing a sports segment? But more importantly, how did they land an icon like Kirkchin? By the end of the interview, the radio host says, okay, thanks, Dad. What? My local country radio host is Tim Kirkchin's son? <laughs> Turns out that Jeff... From Jeff and Amy in the morning is Jeff Kirkton. So maybe this counts as my David Aldridge son's moment. Also, with regards to T-Boy Latchelay, I believe Carver was stating that T-Boy has never been to a dock, as in a boat dock, meaning he's always been in the swamp and never leaves, which I guess would still mean he's never been to a medical doctor, but just wanted to state my interpretation of what Carver was saying. After all, everything he says needs an interpretation. That is true. From Aaron Moss in North Potomac, Maryland, is this a David Aldridge moment? Elliot Olshansky, the woman to whom he's related by marriage, I went to college with her and dated her roommate. This is getting really (laughs) into the weeds. And so we bring on Kevin Newman from Chicago. I think these David Aldridge moments are getting a little out of hand. Restaurant? I've eaten at a restaurant. It's my David Aldridge moment. If you're out on your butt, today, everybody, as always, do wear white.
2: Do you know who I am? I'm Mo Green. I made my bones when you were going out with cheerleaders. How's my eye?
4: How's my eye?
6: There. Cloudy skies are a welcome friend. Set the seeds in this parched earth free, and let the rain fall down on. See Yeah what served my truth to be It's then you will set my spirit free to the drops in the cloud or the deep blue sea the drops in the cloud or the deep blue sea